We're going to open the service, brother. Luther, if you come. How many happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. How many come to worship the Lord? Amen. 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 Brother Luther. So, praise the Lord. Are you expecting? I'm just vibrating with expectation tonight. Amen. Uh, just so you know, I'm going to collect the offering also. And normally I go down that row, come back up the middle, and then down that row. So you can be, if you have an offering, you can know where I'm at. And I'll be singing, so you'll hear me coming around. Unless you're singing, then you probably won't hear me. Love the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Do you have a request upon your heart? Family members, loved ones? I do. I do. I want all my children to draw closer to God. And I am expecting to be closer to God by the time the end of the service. And then tomorrow, even closer. And one of these days, home. Let's pray. Father, I love you. God, with great expectations, we come in the name of Jesus Christ this evening. Lord, not to receive anything but more of you. Renew with the Holy Spirit the inner man. Convict the sinner. Father, I love you. And I thank you for your grace and mercy. Bless those that are gathered here. Bless those that are streaming. Magnify the gifts this evening, the ministering of the word, song. Father, I pray that you bless the tithes and offerings for the furtherance of your kingdom. I love you, Lord, and with great expectations, I thank you for your grace this evening. Bless the people's requests, Father. You know what they are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
sing when I'm alone When I am alone Sing when I am alone When I'm alone When I am alone Give me Jesus Give me Jesus Give the Lord a hand, amen. This song came on my heart here while we were practicing. Look beyond my faults, saw my knees. I want y'all to sing with us and worship, amen. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise for it was grace that bought my liberty
He looked beyond all my faults and saw my needs. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. How many happy he looked beyond all our faults, amen, and saw our needs, amen. Give me an E flat, amen. Amen. Y'all put our hands together, amen. I just wanna pour I just wanna pour my praise on you I just wanna pour I just wanna pour my praise on you I just wanna pour I just wanna pour my praise on you I just wanna pour Turn into wine 
Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you
also give Sister Brenda a hand. Amen. Sister Brenda Thomas, if you come. Amen. Your ways are high. 
His presence, and I knew this was the place where love abounds. This is the place Jehovah God abides here. standing in his presence on holy ground. Won't you stand with me? We are standing on holy ground. And I know Happy to have all the visitors here with us, have our, all of our church family here and uh, all of the visitors with us here. Uh, too many preachers to start calling names, but God bless you. We're happy to have you here with us this evening, visitors from near and far. You know, it reminds me that that was the, really the promise that God made to Jacob when he, the Lord stood above him, made that and just recommitted that covenant to him and said, you know, from the west to the east, to the north, to the south. Oh my, this message has pushed all around the world, friends. You are the fulfillment of everything that God has promised right here at the consummation of all the ages. Isn't that a great privilege? We're happy to have Brother Donnie with us tonight. It's been quite a while since we've had him and had it on our heart this year to run a number of meetings, maybe uh, uh, several actually, and I thought, you know, I'd like to have my old friend come, not uh, my old friend, not old friend, amen, but uh, my old friend, amen, from way back, and I've been knowing him a long time, knowing his family, we're happy to have him and Sister Carol here with us, amen, one of Sister Debbie's buddies, 
And so, uh, and the granddaughters, I think, are here. I'd make them raise their hand, but that would embarrass them. And then my grandkids would get on to me for that. So, but everybody knows who they are anyway. But amen. Turn around and look at each other and say, God bless you. We're happy to have you here. Shake their hands. Say, God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Brown said, there's nothing nicer, nothing better that you can say to someone than God bless you. Think about that. I mean, if God blesses you, wow, you are in. There is nothing that can stand in your way if you're under the blessing of the Lord. How many want that? Now, are you ready for the word? Man, your heart's all primed and ready. Did you come expecting? Oh, I'm here to tell you, the Lord's going to meet an expectation. He absolutely will. Brother Branham said he always keeps his appointments and you'll get exactly what you expect. Number of brothers and I met here last night, a whole gang of us, and just prayed. These meetings that you're in right now, we have committed it to God to come down and deliver to us the word. The word has everything you'll need, friends. It has salvation. It has healing. It has the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we want to invite Brother Donnie to come and take his complete liberty. Amen. Amen. Let's sing it again, Brother Anthony. We are standing. We are standing. Oh, yes. Come on, lift it up now. On holy Sing it like you believe it. And I know. together while we're still in time we can be able to submit our hearts to the Lord and for him to be able to use us and help us to be a blessing to other people eternal life we know is not living for yourself when we get there that day and the books are open which the bride will not be judged at the white throne but all the things that we do for us they won't even be listed You did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this for you. 
but what will be listed are the things we've done for other people. I want to do that, don't you? Let's turn tonight, if you would, to the book of Isaiah. Certainly, counted the privilege to be able to be here with the with the saints, my brother Jason. Just trust the Lord will meet with us this couple of days together as we've assembled in His presence. Isaiah chapter fourteen, verse twelve. All the prophets up to this time knew that there was a prince of darkness. They knew that there was an evil that they were facing and dealing with. But apparently none of them was able to quite see what Isaiah saw. So what we're going to read tonight is quite astounding. It must have been to him as well for the first man on the earth to be able to write it this way. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? And the word Lucifer means day star or light bringer. Light bringer. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Listen to another one of his titles. Son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations, for well, thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. Oh, my goodness. So he is a king. And he has a throne. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now, I love this word in the Hebrew, stars. It means progeny or the Messiah's brothers. Now I wonder how in the world he knew the Messiah was going to have brothers above the stars of God. And I will sit also upon the, upon the mount excuse me, of the congregation in the sides of the north. Now the prophet tells us it was in the north side of heaven that he started this great war. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. How many wants to be like Jesus tonight? Amen. You're not the only one. This is what Satan said. I will be like the most high. But I guarantee you the way you say that, is not the same way he looked at it. Look at his desire, what he wanted. He wanted to be God. I will be like the Most High. Now, he wanted the sides of the north, but listen what he gets. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of of the pit. That's right. You want the north, but you get the pits. You thought you was going to the pits, but God gave you heaven. Glory. Ain't that the mercy of God? Let me read you this also from Satan's Eden. I find this to be 
such an astounding statement. Brother Branham refers to this scripture now that we just read. And he said, now he said he would exalt himself above the most high. He would ascend above the clouds and the stars. And he would sit there like God and be above the most high. Now this is the astounding part. And he has succeeded in carrying out his threats. He has certainly had a marvelous success. That's what I want to use for my thought tonight. A marvelous success in carrying out his threats. Now listen how he says that he was able to do it. In carrying out his threats by the people letting him explain away in every age the value of God's promised word to that age. That's exactly, he said, how he's done it. In every age, he explained it away. So when the people allowed him to do it, he explained it away. They took a substitute. They crowned him God. Well, I know one thing. I ain't doing that. Is that the way you feel in your heart? Now, none of us, most of the people of the world would never take a crown and set it literally on the devil's head. But when they allow him to explain away the value of the promised word for the age they live in, that's exactly, they are helping him fulfill his ambition. How many like to be remembered tonight as we pray? God bless you. Just hold your needs, your requests, and your heart. Heavenly Father, we count it such an honor that we can be able to gather together here tonight in your presence. For truly, we recognize in the presence of God, we can be forever changed. We come here tonight, no doubt, with different needs and different desires, different requests that we have. And the needs would be as diverse as the congregation that's assembled here. People from different assemblies. I see some from different states, and no doubt their needs and their requests are so different one from the other. But we know that our God tonight is so mighty that you're able to hear each request. As a matter of fact, if millions of your children around the world were praying at the same time, all of them calling upon your name, and you would start answering their request, I would not wind up with Brother Jason's answer. Brother Jason would not wind up with Brother Matt's answer. You would be able to send every individual exactly what they had need of, hear them all pray at the same time, and never mess up like FedEx and UPS does to our house. That's what a mighty God we're serving tonight. Father, I pray you would help us. Speak to us. Help me to shut my mouth, Lord, to anything that would displease you. May these services be a benefit to your bride, your body. Speak to us, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I have to say tonight, I don't understand Satan. I don't understand his desire to love wickedness 
I personally don't love wickedness, sin, evil, decrepitness. I've been in hospitals in different parts of the world and see people suffering with all types of diseases and sickness and um, not only old people but children. And Yet I realize this being that we have described tonight, he actually delights, he delights in perversion. He delights in disease and sickness and heartache and trouble. Now most of us would think, what kind of a being would that be? We cannot relate to such a thing, can we? That certainly would any of us delight to go out tonight and see someone killed in a car wreck? Would we delight in seeing someone take a gun and blow their brains out? No. No, we, that, that makes us feel awful. We'd feel sick about it and think, oh, God, were they ready? But yet this being that we have read about tonight actually delights in such stuff. He, he loves sorrow. He loves pain. He loves cancer. He loves disease, suffering, heartache, trouble anxiety, all the evil and the wickedness and the darkness that we see, he actually loves all of that. Now, but yet Isaiah said that he said in his heart that he wanted to be like God. Well, God certainly doesn't love that. Our father is not the author of cancer. Is that right? Now, we know that cancer uh, is like all these other major, major diseases that they are fourth dimension diseases. And we know that when Satan actually preached to those angels in heaven and exalted himself above those angels, that those angels which were made to worship and created to adore and absolutely stand there before the throne of God with no sin. Now think of it, these beings never lied. They was not born in sin like we are. They never knew what corruption was. They never knew what a fallen nature was. They never knew what it was to get angry. They knew, never knew what it was to be upset at anyone or to look at anyone and hate them and feel resentment or bitterness or anger. They never knew any of that at all, like we were born that way. But they actually chose to go in that direction. Now, what was it that brought the impulse of the change upon these beings? Well, of course, we know that God created the angels in different spheres. There are seraphims, there are cherubims, there are zunes. We read it in the book of Ezekiel, and we see some of those angels there that actually had four faces. We look in the book of Revelation, and we see them that they would have a face on each side, and they would turn. Then we see that there was four living creatures, so we see all all types of different degrees of these angelic beings. And we know that God, of course, in the beginning, he was not even God, which is object of worship. But the prophet tells us in Christ, the mystery of God revealed, he said, to my opinion, the first thing that he made was angels. And then he became God because God is an object of worship. So he couldn't be God if there was nothing there to worship him. So whenever he created these angels and made them in degrees, they kept, even when they fell, they kept that element of authority. Now, we think tonight of those that we are battling against. And most of us, we say, well, the devil told me this and the devil told me that. 
I dare say most of us have probably had very few battles with the devil himself. Most of us deal with imps. What we deal with of those angels that are of lesser degree. Uh, to be honest with you, I doubt that I've had very many one-on-one uh, -on -one confrontations with the devil himself because I, I dare say I don't rank high enough and probably most of you don't either. But what, now, because we say, well, the devil said this and the devil said that and the devil's been fighting me. Now, in one way for us to say it that way, we are exactly right. Because when these angels chose to go with him, they took on his kingdom. They took on his nature and therefore they took on his name and title. Now, when you look at that in the reverse on the other side, when we become a part of the kingdom of God, we take on his kingdom, his nature, his name, everything. Is that right? What God also has a purpose, but it's so different from this one. Now, I find it amazing that when the Lord Jesus comes, that the Lord Jesus has no problem in identifying Satan and giving him his, his position and actually his due authority on the earth. Now, there's many differences, of course, between God and the devil, but one of them I'd like to point out tonight is that the devil will never let his followers or his children ever see how great how wonderful, how majestic, how powerful that our God is. He'll never do that. He will blind them to the grace, to the mercy, and also to the justice and the judgment of our God. He will never let them actually see what God is gonna bring them to. If they did, many of them would come to God simply out of fear. But the devil will never allow them to see it, so he will blind their eyes according to 2 Corinthians. Is that right? Um, whom the God of this world has blinded their eyes. So he'll never let them see that. But the Lord Jesus has no problem in letting us see everything that Satan is. He has no problem in letting us see that Satan is truly a powerful foe. Now, if we believe tonight that Satan is not a powerful foe, we're in a heap of trouble already. So the Lord has no problem in allowing us to see from one boundary to the other everything that Satan can do. Much of the Bible is written, actually, of what Satan has been allowed to do to and against the people of God. Look at the book of Job. It shows us the epitome of the life of a man that was a man who loved God with all of his heart. He, he feared God, eschewed evil, which meant that he turned away from evil and wrong. And the Bible does not hide all that Satan did to him. It does not hide that Satan, when he's allowed by God, can attack our body, he can attack our family, he can attack our home. Now why didn't God hide that from his people? Isn't he afraid that some of his people would read that and they would not want to serve him? No, the Lord has no problem in showing you and I absolutely everything from one side to the other side of the spectrum what Satan can do because we can look at that and see him as he is and come right back and say, but devil, I am not afraid of you and I'm not afraid of what you can do to me because God does not 
have to blind us in order to get us to serve him. The Lord Jesus does not introduce his kingdom in such a way that he offers only the good. Now the social modern Laodicean preachers, they want to preach it that heaven is just, oh, everything's right before you. It's all good. It's all wonderful. No burden, no trouble. You know how they are, all the smiley preachers and it's all blessings and good and there's nothing hard ever going to come your way. That man's lying to you. As a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus talked about your cross more than he talked about his own. Have you ever done a study in the four gospels and you'll find out that all of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that the Lord Jesus mentioned more about your burdens and your cross than he did his own. Wouldn't that run people away? Well, it might run some people away, but it won't run seed away. That's exactly right, because they will look at it. He has no problem in telling them you're gonna be burdened. If you choose me, if you live for me, the people's gonna hate you. As a matter of fact, he told us, you're gonna be persecuted, you're gonna be despised. Well, praise the Lord. Why? Because he does not have to hide this from his people and give them something which is false and a facade of something that does not exist. But what will Satan do? He will blind his because even if they ever saw a glimpse of the mercy of God, if they're not even bright, many of them would come to him if they ever just caught a glimpse of God's mercy. Now, as a bride of Christ, we have no problem in believing that the love of God is so great and so bountiful that it poured out from the Lamb's book of life, which is God's personal diary of his family. And it spilled over into the book of life, which the foolish virgin and all them have their name written in. And there will be people that will come to the Lord who are not of his DNA, who are not of his genes, but they will come whosoever will, let them come and take of the water of life freely. But that don't make me mad, does it you? That's the grace of our God. And the love and the mercy of God will spill right over to them and many of them will walk up that day and they will have accepted the Lord as their savior. They'll not be bribed, they'll not live inside the city. Why? They did not live inside the pyramid city right now through the church ages. You see, when you die and leave this world, you're going into the city which mirrored where you were in this life. What was it? You lived in this pyramid-shaped city according to the seven dispensations of God's grace. Is that right? Now in this, but Satan will blind the eyes of the people. He tries to do the same thing to you and I when we go through trials and tests. Well, if you're a son of God, if you're a daughter of God, why does God let you go through this? And God lets you go through that. And you know you love him. And all he'd have to do is just look your way and drive all your troubles away. Don't tell me he don't try to use that on you because he does. He did on Brother Branham. When Brother Branham stood there and there lady's his wife and there lady's his child and the devil told him, he said, all he'd have to do is look this way. And uh, you know, people say, well, the devil can't tell the truth. I beg to differ with you. Brother Bram said everything the devil told him was the truth. Well, praise the Lord. That's exactly right. And he said, about the time I was ready to say, well, if that's the way he is, I'll never serve him again. But he said, something down inside of me raised up and said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But unlike God, Satan has to blind his subjects in order to keep them. So he makes many of them believe that there is no God. 
He makes many of them believe that there's various ways that you can get to God. So you can get to God through Shintoism. You can come to God through Taoism, through communism, all these different things, Sikhs and Jains and Buddhists and all that. Several years ago, I stood in, in Durban, South Africa, and I went to an Indian festival there with some of the brothers, and they wanted to take me and show me how they do. Uh, the last count I had, the Hindus had a total of 33 million gods. Oh, I'm so glad I just got one. Because in the middle of trouble, I wouldn't know which one to talk to, would you? You pray to one God for a belly ache. You pray to another God for an earache. You pray to another God for a, a split up finger. I'm glad I've got one God and his name is one. So they wanted to show me how they still, but it was so unusual to me, of course. And yet I saw these people as they were gathering together and they would get to form a little tiny circle. And all of them had a little small set of symbols, real tiny things. And they'd go to standing there and playing those things. And they'd go to chanting and chanting and chanting in Hindu. And then they would just go to jumping and screaming and hollering and shouting. And the, the person standing in the middle, they would stand there and they'd surround this individual. And they would go to chanting and shouting and screaming and just all this emotion will work up. Now we believe in emotion, but it takes more than emotion to be able to get the attention of God. That's right. Now I watched them as they would do this. I actually videoed it and I've still got it. And they stood there and whenever this individual was ready for what was fixing to happen, each one of them, and there were tens of thousands of people that were there. And there was little small huddles, say a huddle there and one over here and one over there and one over here and one over there. And you could tell when they were ready. Let me tell you what I mean by that. They were going to take a big long pen about this long. And they would start it at the tip of their tongue and they would weave that pin through their tongue in and out, in and out. And they would also take big long grab hooks, we call them, uh, big old fish hooks, and they would stick them in the backs of these worshipers. And then they would tie strings and they would pull a little chariot looking thing, pretty good sized cart, uh, with all these images of these gods. Now they would hook them in their backs and they would pull it in the skin of their backs, would pull out from their body. Now here they would walk down through there and they was so out of it. Now whenever they would get ready, as I said, then they would let out a blood-curdling scream. Well then these people knew they were ready to be pierced and to have all these pins and all, all these things. They would actually take some of these grab hooks and run them into grapefruit and oranges and apples and bananas and they'd hang them all over their bodies. You've seen it, Brother Jason. It's just unbelievable. Now, you know, to most Americans, oh, they say, oh, that's of the devil. Well, sure, we can recognize that as the devil, but how many of them will go to a denominational system which substitutes their denominational teaching for God's word but will they believe that's the devil? No, they sure won't. But according to what Jesus said in Mark 7, how be it in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. So you see whether it's Protestant or Catholic or even message people, if they leave the word, it's still vain worship. Well, who does it go to? The God of this evil age. Now he's very peculiar in the way that he looks at this. 
Now, you know, if you see us after the service tonight and you walk up to me and you say, oh, Brother Donnie, God bless you. Good to see you, brother. And then you turn around to Brother Jason and say, Brother Jason, I really enjoyed that sermon you preached tonight, brother. Thank you for studying and applying the word and you're going, I'm gonna look at you and he's gonna look at you and we're gonna look at each other and say, my goodness, what in the world? I mean, I'm not wanting no credit or nothing like that, but at least just a little pat on the back or something. You mean you're gonna give it to him? I'm the one who done all this studying. I'm the one who's been nervous all day long. I'm the one that's a basket case and you're going to give praise to him. Now you see the devil is so wound up in himself that he cannot heal. He cannot raise the dead. He has no heaven to offer you. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even love his own family. He don't even love his own kids. He don't even love those that he's taken to hell with him. And yet, he will take diverted worship, which people are saying, oh, Lord Jesus, oh, Lord Jesus, Lord God, I worship you. But he can only receive it as it's offered up through the revealed word of the hour you're living in. If not, it is vain worship. So where does that worship go? It's diverted over to this being, and he will gladly take it. I think I know Brother Jason well enough to know that Brother Jason is not gonna stand there very long and say, hey, brother, sister, you need to tell Brother Donnie that. I wasn't the one that preached. Sure, I've been praying for him, and yeah, I've been under the load of the meeting. As a pastor, you are. But Brother Donnie's the one that labored that. But Satan wants praise so much that he will take it even though it has the name of the Lord Jesus attached to it. You're talking about a being, friends. You're talking about one, I hope you understand that God never created sin. Sin is not a creation, but sin is a perversion. Now, when we read this in Isaiah, that Satan said, I will. This is actually the beginning of sin in the heavenlies. Now, where did it come from? Exaltation of a will above God's will. I remember the prophet tells us sin did not start on the earth, but it actually started in heaven. Well, who is? Well, of course, Lucifer. Now remember, according to Ezekiel chapter 28, the Bible tells us, son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyrus. Now this was actually a, a natural king in this time frame, but the devil had so got this man, he's a forerunner of, of Antiochus Epiphanes, of course, in the Roman Empire, and also a forerunner of the Antichrist in the last days in 2 Thessalonians, where it will be the man of sin that will be revealed. So here was a king on the earth in the time of Ezekiel, and Satan had been able to take over this king's body and God was able to use the prophet to speak to the person of Satan inside this king. But yet what God says about this king, there's no way that it was this king because he said thou was in the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The carbuncle, the topaz, and he goes on to mention all of these things. And he said, thou art the anointed cherub and I have set thee so. Now actually when you look that up, in the Hebrew you realize that anointed cherub was the one who stopped the approach. So the prophet tells us in question Exodus 1959 that Satan was actually God's right-hand man to fellowship. Now, not when his name was Satan or not when he fell, but in his original creation. Oh, I love to wish the devil a happy birthday every now and then. 
just for the sake of letting him know I know his days are numbered. Because you see, (laughs) oh my, when there is no more devil, you still will be. Because everything that had a beginning will have an end. Oh, glory. And the Lord told him, thou wast perfect in the day that thou wast created until iniquity was found in thee. So you see, he had a day he started. He will have a day he will be annihilated. And no doubt he will be the last creature which will be annihilated in the lake of fire. Oh, happy day, happy day. But I'm not gonna wait till he's destroyed to rejoice. I think I'll go ahead and do it right now. Because according to the word of God, he will be destroyed. All that sickness that you're battling tonight, one day it will cease to exist. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more heartache. There will be no more trouble. And you will be worshiping Almighty God while the ceaseless ages roll on. When there is no more trouble, when there is no more anxiety, you still will be. So every now and then when he goes to aggravate me, I'll say, give me a key, give me a key. Happy birthday to you. Devil, happy birthday to you. I hope I'm part of that committee that throws you in there, the lake too. Watch the Lord Jesus in St. John 12, 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Now this is before he even died. So Jesus' death would bring down and destroy the kingdom of Satan. And Jesus is saying it as if though it's already done. Before he's even achieved. Now what you notice, Jesus does not call him a God. But Jesus calls him A prince. A prince. Now what's amazing to me is before the cross and the power of the cross, he was called a prince. But after the cross, he's actually going to be called a god. (laughs) Wow. So when you get prayed for and you get worse, don't look at that. You look at the promise of God. By his stripes, I am healed. Now, how is it that Satan being a prince before the cross becomes a god after the cross? Notice again in St. John 14.30. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. St. John 16, 11, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Now, Jesus hadn't even broke his back yet, but he's speaking it as if though it has already happened. Now, you know, the Lord Jesus wants his children to be able to understand 
We know that even in warfare, I, I've studied war for years and years. I, I, I can get myself, see a lot of parallels in between natural war and spiritual war. You understand the Civil War, the Napoleonic Wars, and many of those wars that were fought hundreds of years ago are still studied to this day in colleges of war. They don't understand how this battle was lost at a certain place when it should have been at Waterloo. It should have been this or this or at Gettysburg. It should have been that or the Battle of Antietam. It, it makes no sense. You know, the North had this and the South had that or Napoleon had this and, and whoever had this and it makes no sense. So they try to go back and study the tactics. They study the, the military count. They study even the weather and, and the visual view of how it was. Was the sun in their face? Was, was it in their back? What was it that caused this? I believe as the people of God, God wants us to know our enemy. I believe if you and I knew how well Satan knew us tonight, oh, he'd probably scare us to death. He studies you. He knows everything about you. You can just whimper a little bit and he knows what kind of mood you're in. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I wish somebody would say amen. <laughs> you realize now that he, he studies you because you are the only real threat that is left in this world. Can you imagine how close he is to getting this entire world. He's wanted it for thousands of years and there's a handful of people on the earth that are keeping him from getting his kingdom. It's no wonder he hates you. But the feelings are mutual. We hate him. We hate his kingdom. We hate what he does and we are called to destroy him. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2.1, Paul says it this way, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Wherein times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The Greek word there is archon, and the meaning is this, ruler, chief, magistrate, commander, first one in authority. Now this comes from the Greek word, the root word there is arche, which means first, preeminent one. So here was the closest thing to God. If God wanted fellowship in heaven, you know who his pal was? Lucifer. So he stopped the approach. Any of the other angels come up to the throne of God, he'd walk right up. Hey, hey, hey. What do you want? I want to talk to Father. I, I want to see Adonai, great Lucifer, light bringer, son of the morning. Isn't it amazing how close his titles are? Son of the morning, morning star. Right there, God's right hand man. Why the prophet calls him God's right hand man to fellowship. How in the world could he go from that to being all this out here? All this we see. All this that we see and deal with every day. All that we know is going around the world. All the deaths, all the crying, all the sorrow. Oh my, everything that we see on the evil and the darkness, it all comes from the projection of one being, of him wanting to be like God. But not holy, not pure, not righteous, but in authority. 
He wanted something that he didn't have. Oh, God. You see, intelligence plays a vital part in any war. Intelligence. So we have our spies all over the world. The world has theirs here. Russia's got theirs here. Well, I don't mean necessarily here in this building tonight, but <laughs> China has theirs. And we have ours there where they live, right? What's it for? Intelligence. So we saw a great tumult just a few weeks ago with these balloons that were flying over. And when you heard about it and read about it and all that sort of thing, and they're still trying to determine exactly what was it all about. And China, of course, said, no, 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 not so, no, 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 no. No, 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 America, no, 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 no. So we take two $500,000 missiles, shoot them down. So we spend a million dollars just like that. And we're still trying to determine why, because intelligence about your enemy is power over your enemy. Friends, we don't overcome the devil by feeling. I love to feel the Lord, but my greatest battles, my greatest victories that I have won, most of the time have been without the feeling of the presence of God at all. But standing right there toe to toe with the devil in faith, you know what I'm talking about? Boy, there's times I love to hear from God just to know he ain't forgot about my address. Even if it was a rebuke, I'd be glad to hear it just to know he still loves me. Anybody go through that? Why, sure you do. Because you love him so much and Satan will want to tell you, well, you don't feel him. You ain't felt this and you ain't felt that. And we all know we've come through a terrible time in the last couple of years. COVID, well, they say, well, it come from Wuhan. I disagree. It comes straight from the pits of hell is where that devil come from. I'm not debating that maybe it didn't start with our natural, but it come from the fourth dimension because these angels that we're talking about tonight, some of them were sent into the field of epilepsy. Some of them were sent into the field of politics. Some of them were sent into the field of religion and they were sent into diversify in order to bring about one thing, this command right here, I want to be God. Not God is love. Not God is mercy. But I want power. I want control. And he will lie. He will steal. He will cheat. He will do whatever he's got to do to get it. Then I come back to this of what I read you, what Brother Branham said, which is an astounding statement to me that Satan has had a marvelous success. What a thing for a prophet of God to say about our enemy. Oh, what a thing to say. You mean the devil has been able to do what he wanted to do? Yeah. But keep in mind, he was allowed to do what he wanted to do. Now, Father had his personal diary with the name of his elected. You imagine the angels as they would hover around him and Lucifer would come close and try to peek over and see them notes and he'd notice every time he'd come real close to that one book, pop, 
Hitler would just kind of shut it up. Now, you know, the prophet of God tells us how that actually come about. We know that we had to wait till our children were born to be able to take pictures of them, right? And then we make our little family album. Of course, used to, we use photos. Now everything is digital. <clears throat> so we make our family album and there little Donald Lee Reagan Jr., born July the 9th, 1956 to Don and Betty Reagan. And he, he weighed so much and so long and this and that and the other. And they had a little picture of me and put it there. But the prophet tells us in question and answers that God took a picture of you when you was at your best. Not when you was 18 or 20, but before the foundation of the world. So you imagine Papa sitting there with his family out and say, oh, <laughs> oh, that's my boy. Moses, oh, that's my young one there. Zipporah, she's my young one too, but boy, she's got a temper, man. <laughs> Oh, there's, there's little Joshua. There's Habakkuk. There's Zephaniah. There's Zechariah. There's Malachi. Oh, and, and, and Lucifer would never be able to take a peek inside of that. Oh, it was a personal possession. But you see, Father, he had this within himself. Remember, he cannot create sin. He cannot create evil. No, there's no way he can. But if he would make a being that would be able to work under the law of contrast. Under the law of contrast, you have light and you have darkness. Under the law of contrast, you have healing and you have sickness. Under the law of contrast, you have good times and you have bad times. How many lives under the law of contrast still in Beaufort? Yeah. Won't you be glad one day the law of contrast will be gone? Praise be to God, no more night, no more sickness, no more trouble. But God cannot make him do it. He cannot make man fall. He cannot make this happen. But what if God creates himself an enemy? And he'll make him with God-like characteristics and traits. Now, don't look at me funny. I just read that quote before I come out here. So if God made an enemy... And we'll say like this, God was a great, big, powerful God. And then God made an enemy about like this. Little bitty old T-90 enemy. And he just kind of come up and punch at God. Hey, God. Hey, God. God, I want to be like you. He said, yeah, right. <laughs> you and what army? You want to be like me. But what if God makes one? whose ambition is like God. <laughs> wow. What if God makes one that will mimic what he sees God doing? So God makes a church, he makes a church. God has prophets, he has prophets. God has pastors, he has pastors. God has a church, he has a church. What God does, he has to wait. Now remember, he's not the originator. Oh, glory. He's not the originator, but he'll watch God and then he just makes one himself. And then he sends it right among the religious aspect of people that are looking for God in that avenue and they swallow it down hook, line, and sinker and yet God in every age has had the elect of God there and they look right through and they say, I may not understand it. I may not be able to explain it, but there's something about that that just ain't right. So this being 
It hits him one day, Brother Jason. He looks around and he says, I just realized this. I am the greatest angel in heaven. There aren't two that stop the approach. This is the birth of sin. Oh, this is so devastating. Not only to the devil, but to us. We begin to think about ourselves. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, that, and the other. No. No wonder the prophet tells us the way up is down. Right? But you see, Satan can't do that. Don't you see what the coming of the Lord Jesus to the earth did? It projected something that the God of this world cannot do. He cannot humble himself. You, you saw all the Lord Jesus humbled himself so much to become a man. You've only got part of the story. He humbled himself to become a sinner. I don't get quiet on me. Demonology, part two, paragraph 199. I think of how when God sent him to hell because of his sins. Now, he never sinned. He never done nothing wrong. But he took your sins upon himself. The devil cannot do any such thing. He cannot humble himself. To me, this is one of the greatest proofs. Jesus Christ was God. He was not a man. He was not an evil spirit because evil cannot humble itself to such a place. And how was it that this being was able to do it? I'm, I'm not, I know that you already know it, but let me just quote it to you. That the prophet said he went over into the north side of heaven and he began to exalt himself above the stars of God. Now you imagine that it wasn't a bunch of angels that come in there and they had cigarette smoke on their breasts and they had, you know, the cigarette marks them on their fingers and they spit out their tobacco as they come in and they just cleared the porn off of their phone. And, I mean, they come in there, they'd just been in a bar the night before. All they had ever known was, hallelujah, hallelujah. Maybe for eons of time, thousands, tens of thousands of years, they worshiped, they loved, they adored. That's all they done. That's all they done. Just worshiped. And all it took was a little bit of discontentment. And then Satan let him know, hey, we're having a meeting. Any of y'all want to come? And the prophet said that Satan began to preach to him. The first preacher wasn't Moses. It wasn't even Jesus. It was the devil. So wonder what he preached. The goodness of God. The mercy of God. How great God is. There must have been some rebellion. There must have been some discontentment to Agon. You imagine how these angels, as they are standing, setting, whatever their posture was, and they hear this sermon, and it actually, yeah, yeah. I've been feeling the same way. I mean, everything I do is for him. It's all about him. Every day it's him. When I get up, it's him. When I go to bed, it's him. 
one by one. Now notice where Satan started at. The prophet tells us on that day on Calvary in 1960 that his soul sinned. Not his spirit, not his body. His soul sinned from within. With what? I'll tell one thing. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna get so drunk. Boy, I'm gonna have me a time. It did not begin with him wanting to get drunk. Now you understand the devil has never been drunk in his life. The devil will talk you into drinking, but he knows better. <laughs> the devil will talk you into smoking and chewing tobacco and doing all that sort of thing. The devil ain't never had no ambient running out of his mouth. He won't never smoke no pale mail or no Winston. He knows better. He's got better sense than that. He ain't gonna do such. But where did sin start? In his soul. His soul gives birth to sin. With what? I. The most deadly disease man has ever known. It's not leukemia, not Barrett's disease, not lymphoma. It's the eye disease. I want this, I want that. I believe this, I believe that. Isn't it amazing then when the Lord Jesus comes and he says, Father, not my will, but thine be done. What's he doing? Reversing the sin from the soul of the devil. Don't you understand whenever we are born, brother, sister, if it wasn't for the grace of God, there wouldn't be no hope for us. We are born lost. We are born in such a wretched mess that we're born. Which of your parents begin to teach you children how to lie? Any of y'all ever go to lying school? Any of y'all ever go to deceit school? And yet you and your sister was playing with something. Your mama said, don't do that, don't do that. And one of you broke it and both of you said, she done it, he done it. No, mama, I promise it wasn't me. I swear to God, it wasn't me. Where do we get that at? We got that from the originator of sin because Eve allowed him, Eve allowed him to enter the human race. So God had to have a way to enter the human race in order to reverse this. (laughs) A woman let the devil in and a woman let God in. Now since the devil is a created being, let me just strip him down a little bit for you here tonight by the help of the Lord. He is not omnipotent. He is not omnipresent. He is not omnipresent. He ain't even the way people make Santa Claus. He sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. No, he don't. That's a lie. But you know what? If we're not careful, that's exactly the attributes we'll give to the devil. Oh, the devil's this and the devil's that. He ain't near as big as what many times we put him out to be. I'll tell you what he is. He's a bluff. He's a bluff. And he's a liar. And he bluffs a lot of God's children. Ooh, oh my goodness. Satan is not all-knowing. He is not all-powerful. Well, glory to God. He cannot be everywhere at the same time. So how does he do all this? His helpers. 
You remember when Daniel had begun to seek the words of Jeremiah's prophecy? And Daniel began to pray. And the Bible tells us that he prayed for 21 days. And finally, an angel of God appears before Daniel. And he said, oh, Daniel, beloved of the Lord. He don't give him his answer first. He gives him the consolation and the reason for his delay. Now he says, your prayer was heard in heaven the very first day that you prayed. Imagine Daniel saying, well, why in the world you take so long to get here? But this angel is fixing to show him a spiritual warfare. So this angel that God sent down to give Daniel this answer was an angel of lesser degree than the angel over the city he lived in. Even though that angel had fallen and become a demon. So he wrestles and he wrestles and he wrestles. That you think they lost their power? No. Did Elvis Presley lose his ability to swing his hips and be able to sing like a mockingbird when he got out of church? No. He simply took what God gave him and used it for the devil. Now, when these angels fell from their hierarchy, they did not lose their power. They can appear. They can disappear. Even Satan himself can appear as an angel of light. He can mimic himself to look like an angel of God because God never stripped him of all of that authority. Oh, my goodness. So here comes the angel of God to bring down Daniel's answer. And here's this demon over this kid who said, Hey! What are you doing here? This is my domain. Well, God sent me down with a message. I'll tell you one thing. So they go at it, however it is that angels fight. So they labor and they fight and they struggle. But this angel finally got some help from the chief angel, Michael, which is the angel of the Jews. So here is an angel that has fallen that still has a higher rank. Lord, children, and people that don't believe they need a pastor. I want you to notice this angel of God that had not fallen, at least he had enough sense to know he needed help. Well, praise the Lord. He had enough sense to know he was outdone and outman. So he said, Lord God, I need some help, Daniel. Would you send me somebody? So who do you send? Michael, Christ. Oh, my. Now, I want you to notice what Michael does. He begins to take on this demon and worship or war with him and puts him in his place. And this original angel comes down there where Daniel is and gives him this message. Now, whenever he gets ready to go, he said, Daniel, lo, I must go. I must fight with the prince of Persia. But the kingdom of Persia had not yet been born. It was not yet ruling in a world power. The demon that was over Babylon was not going to be the same demon over Persia. Don't you understand the demon that took charge of the denominational systems? That's why they diversify. Don't you understand all the cults and the cliques and the clans that's raised up in our message? And all the men that's pulled people off this way and that way and another. What is this? It's just another demon out of hell. 
but they have a different trait. They have a different doctrine or different characteristic. And they'll come and fight over this and fight over that. Well, come on, children. But what is it? It's all from the chief down there in Hades who has this desire. I want to be like God. Do you know one of the greatest conquests that a man would take when he would go in to take a city? They would tell their fighters, their warriors, their commanders, save the queen. And this conqueror would come to the queen and force her. Because to them, that was the ultimate conquest. Not the walls, not just the gold, but force the king's wife to bear his seed. You think Satan wants Buford? Lord, have mercy. I've been driving down there the last day or two and seeing all this grass and all this mud. And, ah, I told Carol yesterday, I think I'm down, back down the land of Egypt again. <laughs> I know, I know, some of y'all love it. Well, for my part, you can have everlasting seagrass. <laughs> Give me the mountains any day. <laughs> but I want to tell you one thing. That holy city ain't coming down on no flat down here in Beaufort. It's coming down on a mountain, so I do have a scripture against you. <laughs> do you think Satan wants New York? you think Satan wants Chicago? you think that's what he's after? His greatest conquest is the wife of the king himself. And so don't you know God's prophet knew that his message would become successful to every type that had been down through the ages. This is why he warned us over and over again. There'll be men that'll come in and do this. There'll be men that'll come and do that. He knew his message would follow in the same pattern, but he also knew there would be a bribe. But let me tell you what he said about it. He said, if I did not believe in predestination in an election, he said, I would be a mighty discouraged man this morning. Can you imagine God? Let me just say this. I know you know it. I'd like to preach it sometime. But God has many, many laws. But one law that I absolutely love about God is the law of sovereignty. And that's a law that God himself will step in when man is about to mess up the whole thing. And God's used it on me. God used it on Brother Branham. God's probably used it on many of you when you was fixing to mess up the whole program of God. And God reserves that right when dealing with his seed to step in and say, all right, devil, back off. This is my daughter. This is my son. You are not doing this to them. Thank God for the law of sovereignty. Brother Branham would have killed himself. Brother Branham would have killed another man but what overrode it? It was God's law of sovereignty. Daniel, you're a man greatly loved of the Lord. Imagine Daniel saying in his mind, I am. How come you didn't come? So he explained it to him. Now he said, I'm fixing to leave and I'm fixing to go fight with the prince of Persia. Different channel. A demon had already been chosen for the new domain. Victory Day, 1963. The prophet tells us what causes wars. It's because the spirits that control these nations. You understand what happened last year, a little over a year ago, 
whenever Russia wanted to attack Ukraine. You understand what happened? The demon over Russia got jealous against the demon in Ukraine. Now think of it. Satan's kingdom is established upon arguing and fussing and perversion. Lord, can you imagine what it's like down in hell? Woo! Can you imagine them devils? And the prophet said well, what brings war is them devils get jealous of one another. I'll tell you one thing, friends. We don't need that kind of jealousy in our church. We need love. We need forgiveness. We need understanding of one another. Is that right? God always has diversity. And he will in the new kingdom. There will be that in the new city. Always has been, always will be. But we realize nobody can take our place. My goodness, I can't preach like some of these brothers. I can't do this and that and the other like some of the rest of them. But they can't do it like I can either. We say, well, I ain't nothing. I ain't nobody. You must not be more important than that because God died for you. He come in the form of a human being in order to pay the price. He saved you. He gave you the Holy Ghost. And there ain't nobody on this earth can take your place. What's this? Paul in Ephesians 6, 12. Paul calls them principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, if you look at these words and you look at each one of them and see the meaning, what you see is degrees of these demons. Now, you imagine a little old regular headache devil. He must not have much authority. He just kind of aggravates folks with headaches, you know, just goes around, just go here, go there. But what about a cancer devil? What about an epileptic devil, which the prophet said was one of the only ones that ever got away from him? Ever got away from him? An epilepsy devil. Now you see, Satan picked them and placed them according to the delegated authority, not given by him, but given by God. Oh my goodness. It ain't no wonder they absolutely hated God's prophet. In this age. We for the first time. Got a window open into the supernatural. So here a man is standing. And them demons. These people come up with their sickness. Their diseases. They go to getting all nervous. Church age book. He said you ought to watch the expression on their face. When that devil knows he's fixing to be exposed. I hope you understand this. The devil is actually afraid. Do you understand the devil is scared to death in this service right here tonight? Because you know why? He knows some of you are gonna see his tricks. And you're gonna find out a little bit more about his tactics and you're gonna go out of here and you're gonna say, devil, I'm sick and tired of this stuff. Out of my house, out of my body, out of my family, away from me, Satan. I am ordained to be more than a conqueror. We're not called to be survivors. We're called to be conquerors. We're called to be victorious in this age of hell. So a person walks up, the prophet sending that breaks into the realm of vision. Isn't it amazing? Fourth dimension is the realm of vision. Now remember, there were seven dimensions created in the beginning. God knew that he would need them, time would need them, man would need them. 
that is light, matter, time, science, where the unbeliever goes, where the believer goes, and where God is. Seven dimensions by which the supernatural worlds would be able to merge together and affect this tangible world. So in the fourth dimension is where we got the television waves, the ether waves. In the fourth dimension is the same realm that a prophet sees his vision. So he's standing out there just like this, his eyes wide open, and maybe a person 80 years old walks up, and all of a sudden he's time traveling. So he goes, I see you in a yellow checkered dress coming home from school one day and a dog got after you. You run. You run up on the porch. You fell through the screen door. It's made you afraid your whole life. Then fast forward. But go your way. You are healed. So in the fourth dimension, it's like time travel where he would see them there presently. Then he would look back and see what happened to him maybe 15 years ago, 15 years ago. Then God would allow him to move up in their future and see them as an old man or an old woman. So he was moving from one dimension to another and you imagine them devils and they said, good Lord. What in the world have we got here? It ain't no wonder the devil attacked him. Let me go ahead and say it. It ain't no wonder the devil's still attacking him. Well, come on, children. Why, there's not another message on the earth that Satan hates the way he hates this message. He still hates it. He's still trying to bring it down. But let me go ahead and tell him tonight, he will never destroy us. He will never destroy this bride. He will never destroy the effects of this end time message. Why, Brother Donnie? Because we will not allow him to. He cannot do it unless we, as the message followers, let him. Well, that's for one. I ain't going to. The 27th day of this month, 40 years ago, I stood in a little church in Kentucky that I started. March the 27th, 1983. And I preached about God sending a prophet. I'm more determined now than I was then. You say you're a lot older and uglier. Well, not a look in the mirror yourself, honey. That's right, I am older and I may be a little bit uglier along with it. But I've got more determination now than I had 40 years ago. Anybody in here with me? You got more determination now? Why? Because you burned all the bridges behind you. You ain't got nowhere else you're going to. We're not looking to go anywhere else. We're looking to be called away, but we want to make hell pay while we're here. This is war. This is war. If the devil has attacked your children and got them cold and indifferent and backslid, you need to stand your ground and say, devil, this is war. If he's attacked your body, you need to tell him this is war. You say, Brother Donnie, be careful. Be careful. He'll jump on you. If he does, he's going to get the ride of his life. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
greater is he that's in you, he that's in you, he that's in you, than he that is in the world. It's not us fighting the devil. The Lord is on our side. Listen at him in Ezekiel 28 two, son of man, saying to the prince of Tyrus, thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, thou hast said I am a God, and I sit in the seat of God. This must have been a scary time, Brother Jason, when a man on the earth was saying this, so personified by the traits of Satan himself, that Satan could speak out of him. I said as God, because thine heart is lifted up, oh, yet thou art a man and not God. Though thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. And there is no secret they can hide from thee. Oh my goodness. And you say, and you, preacher, you little old two before preacher, stand up there and telling us that we're greater than him. Not so much our flesh, but the God that's in us. The God that's in us. So he wants to blind people. Uh But Paul again says in Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God. And the word put on is in duo, which means to envelop in or to hide in and to close where you are on the inside. So put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand all the powers in this. So here is the panoply. This is the Greek word. Panoply of God, the whole armor. Isn't it amazing how Paul is writing to Christians that are, sounds like substantial people. They understand a lot about the word. The Ephesus church is one of the greatest churches in the New Testament. But Paul has to instruct them, even though they're born again, even though they're serving the Lord, they still have to put on the armor of God. See, that's the downside about having a preacher that sweats real bad. He drowns these things out. (laughs) So now watch. I'm going to envelop my upper torso. That's what I start to say. I just didn't become Superman. Except I'm not Clark Kent, I'm Donnie Reagan. (laughs) Now, did this coat change my looks, my appearance? Yeah, you said it did because it's the only dry thread on you. (laughs) Well, it did, it changed me. Now, now whenever I stand here like this, you know that this is a three-piece suit, right? Pants, vest, and all that comes from South Carolina, old Brother Fred's place. And whenever I put this on, this gives me a sign to you able to see as well that I look more fully dressed than I was before. 
Now, I was dressed, was I not? But now I look more fully dressed because I walked out of here and you seen me with this coat on it. And then you know, well, he took the coat off. Well, the original church was a fully dressed church. They had the word, they had signs, they had the supernatural, they had the revelation of the mysteries of God. And then what did Satan do? Little by little, he began to pull this off of them and that off of them. So the prophet saw him in the last days and there stood the church totally naked. And what did God do? God sent a prophet, not just to put intellect in our head and not just to give us a bunch of emotion, but he sent a prophet to be able to dress the bride, redress her in what? In Branhamism, in Reaganism? No, in the garments of the word that the bride will be able to stand there in the panoply of God and look the devil in the face and say, out of my way, Satan. Can I take this off? I'm not getting rid of my armor now, just my coat. I'm still foolish enough after 40 years. I've been preaching 48. And I'm still dumb enough to believe, if you want to call it that, that God's prophet said a man or woman can live so completely surrendered to God that the devil don't know what to do with them. You imagine you getting up in the morning. Your hair sticking up all over its head if you got any. You got a bad breath. You go in there and say, oh God, it's Monday. Oh, I'm going back to bed. Oh Lord have mercy. I know my boss is going to get me. It don't matter if you're a plumber, if you're a painter, if you're a catalytic converter guy, if you're a preacher, whatever you are, the devil hates you, don't he? If you're a housewife, if you're a factory worker, it don't matter what you are, and he don't hate you because you come to the church. He don't hate you too. He don't hate you just because you profess this message, but he sees something in you that is greater than it's not me. We got spares, brothers. It's not me. It's not you. It's our Father that lives inside of us. And he cannot stop us because we are God's people. We are unstoppable. You are undefeatable. You are more than a conqueror. You are greater than sin. You are greater than sickness. Imagine when that prophet would look in them people's life in the fourth dimension. Which one do I use? My Lord. <laughs> in that fourth dimension, he'd say, I see you got a cancer. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It left her. You sitting back there, you've also got a cancer. Can't you hear them? So he's not only seeing in that dimension, but he's hearing them. Now that devil and that woman got scared. And this devil and this woman got scared. And apparently he's getting scared again. That's why he's working on these microphones. So what would they do? They would tell on each other. So this devil up here, help me. Help me. Lord have mercy children. If you can only realize that's why they attack you. 
It, 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 we think it's us scared. It's us running. It shouldn't be. It should be us tormenting them devils. It should be them said, somebody please come and help me. Somebody please come and help me. Them young women, them young men, they're so full of the power of God. They haven't felt God in two weeks and they're still standing strong on the word. The doctor gave them a bad report, but they still believe the word. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Now look what they would do. So this scared devil would call out to that devil, wherever it was back there. They would form a communication line. Now what it was, it was a dark streak. They might have thought this wireless, but you can't hide from the eyes of a prophet. They were wireless communication, but it just so happened God had one with fourth dimension goggles on and he looked right at it and saw a black streak from this woman to that woman. Other times he'd see one going all over the church. What was it? Them devils saying, help me, help me, help me. How many knows when you come to the house of God, it's sometimes the worst battles you've ever fought in your life. Your mind will go to Walmart. It'll go to making a cinnamon roll recipe or something to eat after church. Who's doing that to you? It's the devil. Why? He's seen God anoint your pastor. He sees the direction that God's put on his heart. And he says, oh, I can't stop him from preaching it. But I'll busy their minds. I'll busy their minds. All of a sudden, you're sitting there, praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus, this is just what I need. And here comes the thought. You didn't unplug the crock pot. I thought I did. But to be honest, I cannot remember. And there you sat, and the next 15 minutes was your 15. Let's stand. Let's stand. Tomorrow night we will have waterproof microphones. Oh my. Oh children. Think of God's mercy to us poor mortals. When we are living in the worst age that's ever been. The prophet tells us in 1961 that the lid has been tore off the kettle. Demon, demon powers are streaming in every direction. The opening of the seals not only released the power of God, but can you imagine hell? The angels of God were gathered around the tabernacle, I believe, Brother Jason, because they were hearing things they had never heard since the foundation of the world. Secrets of redemption they'd never heard. But I guarantee you they wasn't the only thing there at that tabernacle. Demons were gathered. They were listening. They were learning. Finding the facet, the aspect by which they could try to divide the people in this message. With what? Quotes, of course. Quotes. Then by the time the prophet preaches in 1965, God of this evil age, Preaches God of this evil age. Satan's eating those great ones right there in the last couple of months. And he stood there and he said, there's two spirits in the world today. One, worshiping God by science, education, 
civilization. And he said the other one, worshiping God by revelation. And he says this to the Branham Tabernacle. He says, both of those spirits are right in this church today. So by then, Satan had already made a big move. Where? To get around the ranks of the message. Because he knows if we ever know who we are and who he is, we are an undefeatable army. We'll always have differences. Of course we will. But brother, sister, I think the closer we get to the end of the way, we're going to become like Geronimo was. They killed the Apaches right and left, make treaties with them and broke it, made another one and broke it. Some of the Apache guides actually led the American army to capture Geronimo. Then they took their arms from them. They stripped them of their identity and put them on the same train to Florida that they put Geronimo on. Some of them same men that led them to him and they captured him. Now they had to look him in the face. Geronimo looked at them and said, there's too few of us to fight each other now. Let's stand together. Will we always differ? We will. Of course we will. Some of y'all like vanilla ice cream. Some of you like chocolate. Some of you like coffee. God have mercy on you. Some of you like broccoli. God double have mercy on you. I guess you know where I stand on that stuff. Will we have difference? Well, how did they act at the day of Pentecost? Are we supposed to be more emotional or less emotional? We'll always have those things. But look around. The day's getting darker. Amen. It's getting darker. We're, we're more pressed than we've ever been. If we ever needed one another, we need one another now. Amen. And Satan is doing his best to divide us, separate us. Why? His intelligence tells him. His demons I hope you don't think I'm crazy. But when there, I'm going through certain things. I will not even say that out loud to the Lord. You say, that's crazy, is it? Apparently you've never heard the quote, question and answer 64. Brother Branham, you told us the first time you went to Arizona. Now you've went again. Why don't you tell us? He said, well, that's in my heart. And he said, as long as it's in my heart, if I say it, Satan will hear it. Do you understand when you get down, sometimes he don't know how effective he is against you until you say, God, I can't go another day. I'm at the end of my rope. Don't say that. You're telling the devil, you're reporting to the devil. You're just about whipped. But Brother Donnie, what if I feel that? Well, he's the kind of God that you don't even have to say it. You just groan. Oh, Oh, and Satan said, what do you say? What do you say? Oh, oh, the devil can't understand that kind of language. But the Lord can hear it when you don't even know what to say. You ever been there? You didn't even know what to say. You didn't know how to ask him. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God. So we want to serve notice on the kingdom of hell tonight. Your days are numbered. And we are more than conquerors. When I get there that day, I don't want the Lord Jesus to hand me a t-shirt and say, I survived the Hallelujah. I want to be a conqueror. 
Hope this don't offend you. I already am one. I ain't hoping for the sweet by and by. I'm a conqueror today. Oh, you've heard the story, Muhammad Ali. My, my, how he could fight, how he could box, and he done all that sort of thing. You've probably heard it told before. He was a conqueror. He would sweat and he would run and he would do all this stuff and he'd go out and win the fight. And his wife would come in and hold out her hand. He was a conqueror. She was more than a conqueror. She didn't run. She didn't sweat. She didn't have to watch what she, she didn't have to do all that. He'd done all the fighting. Oh, hallelujah. If we could get it out of our minds, oh, my, me, 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 it ain't you. It ain't how strong you are. It ain't how great I am. It's how great our husband is. It's how great our Lord Jesus is. And what he does, he gives us the benefit and said, here, sweetheart, here's your whole checkbook. You need healing? Sign your name with mine. You need deliverance. You need peace. What do you need here tonight? What do you need? Oh, you saying he ain't real? No, 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 no. The devil is real. Oh, I tell you one thing. I wouldn't want to meet him five minutes by myself without the Lord Jesus. No way. But with the Lord Jesus on my side, Brother Mark, we'll meet him. We'll meet him together. We've been made more than conquerors. Sing it now. Overcomers in this life. Amen. We've been made victorious. Everybody with all your heart now, what do you need? We've been made more than got a besetting sin you need help with a disease in your body maybe you're fighting depression anorexia bulimia oh there's help for you tonight you're more than a conqueror through the blood of Jesus Christ everybody with all your heart close your eyes raise your hands in the presence of God we're more than conquerors Lord Jesus The bride is made victorious Through the blood of Jesus Christ Let this be your confession We've been made
Oh, give the Lord a hand this evening. Mine. Wow. Amen. You know, I, I never cease to, en to enjoy at how much it torments the devil for prophets and preachers to get before God's people and divulge all this top secret military intelligence that the devil don't want you to know. Amen. It really upset him when Isaiah outed him like that because he thought nobody knew his secret ambition until a prophet busted him. Hallelujah. You might have came here tonight and the devil thought he had it over on you, but you heard a man of God actually tell you he really ain't nobody. You have the only somebody. Do you believe that tonight? My, my goodness. How many enjoyed the word of God? Oh, you know, I, I thought to myself, Man, for all the, all the yelling and hallelujahs and glory, I, I might have preached half of that sermon. I might deserve a little bit of that credit. Amen, because I was, woo, wow. My throat feels like I just got done preaching. You know, I thought about how that, and it really gripped me. Because I thought about how that, you know, and, 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 and this is just me, this is just Brother Jason. But I, I couldn't help but, but think in my mind, surely, those angels who heard that first counter sermon from the devil, it was maybe not really radically different, but just a little, that's a little different. See, because that's how you say, why would you think he'd done it that way? Because I know that's how he works now. And I, I would almost be willing to, to imagine in my mind that those angels who started following him never really imagined how evil and dark he would become until it was too late. And I'll tell you something, friends, young people, that's the way Satan does. He'll start out and you'll never imagine how far he'll take you. It'll start out sounding so appealing. It'll just be a little different from the word, but down the road, you mark it, down the road, he'll get you so far and you'll never have imagined that a being could got you to go that far. I'm glad there's a real Lord and a real God and a real Amen. Christ. Oh, friends, I'm glad we've got the Word of God as our defense tonight. No wonder the bro Brother Branham said, stay behind it, stay fortified behind the Word. It, it's, it's what God has sent to save us, to heal us, to fill us with His presence, to give you a body change. Amen. Think about that, friends. You tonight are part of that privileged people who have come already. Paul said in Hebrews 12, you have come, not your coming, not um, someday you're going to a real city, but you've already come to that city, a holy Jerusalem. You've already come among just men made perfect. You've already come to angels and a heavenly host. You're already there right now by the new birth. Isn't that a beautiful concept? My, we've been made more than conquerors. Oh, overcomers in this, in this life. Oh, do you believe it for this life? Oh, we've been made victorious. Oh, yes, through the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been made more. Oh, we've been made 
life, Lord. My, thank you, Jesus. We've been made. Pull through the blood, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Say it one more time now. more than a conqueror through the blood of Jesus Christ? Friends, then, then if, if you can believe that, then just believe that you're victorious also. Amen. Because he hath made me victorious. Amen. We're going to let you go and invite you to come back again tomorrow night. We'll be right back here, seven o'clock. And I, I know uh, Brother Lee's here tonight. He's got some special service going on. We're happy to have Brother Lee and the Saints from Green Pond and the different ones and Brother Samuel's assembly and other different various ones. See, I see scattered around visitors from other different assemblies. God bless you. We're happy to have you here tonight. Brother Smith, you're back. You should have never left, brother. See, you should have just stayed right here because here you are again. Amen. All right. How many Bethel Tabernacle? How many say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Man, should have never left. He just here he by here he is again. So amen, Brother Smith. Let, just, just stay, brother. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're so happy. And Brother Tony told me his mom and dad was here today. And, and you got other family here. Hey, Tony. Yeah. Hey, man. Who all you got? I got my brother and his wife oh. and my cousin, Shante. We need to start keeping them too? Yep, okay. To praise, them all. <laughs> praise the Lord. We're happy to have all of y'all here in the house of God tonight. The, uh, we got some teams of people who have made these meetings possible and I don't have a list up to, you know, and, uh, and, and, uh, and bouquets of flowers and candy to give them, but I just want them to know how grateful I am for all the hard work that's went in. It's still going on. Uh, when you get out of here tonight, when we dismiss over, where am I at? Over here in this side yard, they've got uh, tables and chairs and lights and fans to keep the critters off of you. And uh, we're going to have uh, some a light meal and light refreshments. So everybody's invited. Amen. Praise the Lord. And we would like to have you stay around fellowship just a little bit. Amen. Give you a chance to shake Brother Donnie's hand, perhaps. Sister Carol, and give him a good greeting. Amen. So we're going to um, be dismissed and, and let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father, we're very grateful tonight. Lord, you, you never fail, Lord, you, to bring everything that we expect. Lord, you never disappoint. You always come in a great and mighty way, a meaningful way, Lord. Now, I know tonight, Lord, that we heard your word. Now, Lord, there's, there's evil forces that are 
very much resenting what was preached tonight. And they're resenting anybody who would believe it. So Father, uh, I pray that you will put strength and faith in the hearts of your people. That's really what the devil's afraid of, Lord. He's afraid somebody will catch a hold of faith and bring forth a promise and he'll lose his grip. Lord, I pray that that will be the effect of this word that was heard tonight, not only in this meeting and standing in this building tonight, out across the airwaves and when we leave this meeting and go to our homes and tomorrow we rise. Lord, may there be your family that'll, that'll know a greater level of victory and freedom and overcoming, Father, than perhaps they were even today and every day after. Lord, may it just get greater unto that perfect day that we're looking forward to. We thank you for all of our visitors. Thank you for, Lord, uh, all the work and the hard work that's went in to make these meetings possible. Thank you for loaning us your servant, Lord, and I pray now that you will begin immediately to resupply him with the strength, Lord, and the anointing and the leadership of the Word of God because we're going to come right back here tomorrow. And Lord, Lord, we just want to we just want to put heaven on notice now. We're going to need a fresh batch tomorrow. We're not going to be satisfied with what we got tonight, Lord. We're going to need a fresh batch tomorrow. So bring it to us, Father, the word that we will have need of. And I pray, Master, that you'll the, the night will go into the late hours and you'll still be chasing devils over the hill and away from us. May you grant it to us, Lord. We commit it now to you, Father, the for the refreshments that we'll receive outside in the fellowship. I pray, Lord, that you'll just take your abode right among us, move among us and enjoy seeing your family. Lord, your family fellowshipping one another, breaking bread together, talking of the good things of God. May you bless the food, Lord, and may it give us nourishment and strength and then take us home, Lord, safely. Bring us back tomorrow at the appointed hour. We thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn around and shake hands with somebody. Amen. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you. Sing for us. God bless you.
I've got my mind made up And I won't turn back Cause I want to see my Jesus of my life.